Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, You seriously haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon, or, Oh, come on, you never watched Aliens, or, How have you not seen Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping? <laughs> thank God. Uh, uh, finally um, an excuse for me to watch this movie. <laughs> the whole point of this podcast, one might say. Yeah. Hello again, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. I am your co-host, Caroline Thompson. I am your other co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your producer slash co-host slash agent of chaos for the week, producer Corey. And this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. And then we watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a... Such a good time. I can so only such imagine. a good time. I can't wait. Um, so let's just dive right in. Um, how have you not seen 2016's pop star never stop, never stop it? That's a good fucking question. I have seen, I will say this, I have seen every music video from this movie, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I've just never sat down and fucking watched the whole thing. Yeah, I think, so I will say, for me, I think this film falls in a really interesting place because I think when this film came out in 2016, I kind of assumed like, oh, the, lo like, the Lonely Island's doing the movie? I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of seven years too late, right? Like, yeah, like dick in a box. No, yeah, like I'm about to graduate college and they were they were like at their peak of popularity when I was in middle school. I was like, I don't think yeah. I really need to to watch this. And then it came out and people said it's like one of the best comedies of like the decade. And I think by that point, it had kind of just like already gotten away from me far enough that. I just, I, I just haven't gotten back around to it. The, I, you're, this is an interesting point because this is even worse for me because this movie was preceded by Hot Rod, uh, a fucking incredible movie that I love uh, that is made by all the same people. And despite that, I still never saw Popstar. But even still, Hot Rod was what, like 2009, 2007? Uh, 2007, yeah. 2007? Yeah, so Damn it was that... 11 years beforehand. Oh my Lord, so it's I'm not so like, yeah. you know. God. It's not like a it's not like a one for you, one for me situation. Yeah. <laughs> like it's their immediate follow up and they have all it, that like clout that they're coasting well, off of. It. I mean, what is it? Andy Samberg has to go be in what? What's the name of that movie? Daddy's Boy. He's got to go yeah. do a Daddy's Boy between. Yeah. Ugh. I this movie sits in a weird spot for me, too, because I didn't see I honestly watched this movie for the first time like a year ago. I really wanted to see it when it came out. But for the longest time, I was not a fan of the lonely island like i was kind of a pretentious piece of shit in mm. high school and i was like dick in a box <laughs> yeah i'm smarter than that <laughs> what um, about shakespeare ever heard of him <laughs> <laughs> and for the longest time i was not an andy sandberg fan and then i started to watch brooklyn 99 and i was like no wait just a second 
Um, and then Palm Springs is like a top 10 movie of all time for me. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to go back and check out this, this pop star, never stop, never stopping. Fun fact. I'm actually in Palm Springs right now. Ooh, incredible. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually one town over, but yeah. Are you stuck in the same was, day? Yeah. Don't get caught in a time loop. Um, no, I, I'm not because, uh, because, uh, yeah, I'm not. I wish I could fight with JK Simmons. If, if, if yes, well, if yesterday was the the time loop I was stuck in, I think I would go crazy actually after a few weeks. But um, you know, I I was actually out rock climbing in Joshua Tree yesterday. So if I got stuck in that time loop, I'd be kind of okay with it for a minute. For a minute. Love it. Love it. Anything else up top? Any anything else you want to add here before we dive in? No, I don't think so. No? All yeah, right, no. cool. Well, then let's transition to the next part. Uh, what do you all know about Popstar? Is this directed by Yorma Tacone? I believe so. D- uh, written by or directed by Yorma and then Kiva Schaefer. So the other. The other guy, Lonely Island guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, obviously, Andy Samberg stars as a uh, Justin Bieber-esque pop star whose name is Connor. Oh, yeah. I believe I know the name. The, again, because I've seen, I think, every <laughs> music video from this fucking movie. Um, who the hell else is in this movie? Kiva Schaefer's in it, I believe. He is a minor character. Uh, as is... Is Jenny Slate in this movie? Um, oh, God, I man. hope so. I hope so. I love Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate is not super high up on the IMDb, but she, there's spoilers. There's so many. I mean, yeah, it's this movie. It's got to be like train wreck. There's got to be a billion people in this. Yeah. Y'all ever think about how Jenny Slate is in a movie that won the best picture award at the Oscars? Love that. And Which how one? that means everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Mona Lisa Saperstein is. Yeah. Oscar she deserves award. it. She is phenomenal. She does. She's an incredible, she's great. incredible performer. Y'all ever see Obvious Child? Um, I saw the first half of Obvious Child, and then I fell asleep because it was late. Ah, damn. Good movie, though. Yeah. Um, uh, anyone else? Any other guesses? Jenny Slade is like an all-time crush for me. Like, she's not Catherine Hahn, who I have determined is my all-time celebrity crush, like, yeah. 110%. But That's like, a good Jenny choice. Is, great Jenny choice. Up there. Great choice. I just, like, I just, like, I just like brassy, funny women. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. There is another brassy, funny woman in this movie. Is it Catherine Uh, Hahn? It's not Catherine Hahn. Kristen Wiig. No. Sarah Silverman. Damn. Oh, I do love Sarah Silverman. She is so brassy. Perhaps the brassiest. Yeah. I don't think I know anything about this movie. It is... The premise is is it is like a mockumentary, right? Like, it is like a behind-the-music parody. Okay. Yeah. It is for my for my money might be the funniest movie I've ever seen. I have yes. I have heard I have things heard that, that make me uh not disbelieve that. Yeah. yeah. And I I you know there are probably higher brow things that are like capital C comedy funnier but yeah. like joke for joke I don't know that I've ever laughed harder than watching this movie. That is what I have heard. I have heard it is like yeah. incredibly funny. I, it's fucking I, hilarious. That's that's a very good sign. That oh God, it's the most underappreciated thing about comedies is that every single joke has to work. Um, uh, I, I, you know the thing about this movie, and this is not even me saying something that I know necessarily because I do know the songs at least kind of well. Uh, I am interested 
to see how the kind of pop star satire, because it's so firmly fixed in 2016, how that how that translates to 2023. Yeah. Where the, the pop landscape has changed in a lot of ways. I personally think it's aged like a fine wine. Oh, that sounds great. I love that. <laughs> Um, I, all right. I honestly don't know. I don't know anything about this movie, you guys. It's like, hell I mean, yeah. I know the name of it. I knew it was Andy Sandberg. I knew it was The Lonely Island. But I, I, I... that's fantastic. That's great. I, that's exactly what I knew going into it. And I had the best time. Um, Should we transition into our little game then? Hell yeah. Know. All right. So we're going to play Rotten Tomatoes Price is Right. Uh, so as always, we're going to start with the first, the first movie we're going to start with is the movie that we are covering this week. So what is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping? Caroline, do you want to go first? For this, um, yeah. I am going to say, I'm going to say 91. Ooh. I have heard nothing but phenomenal things about this film. Yeah. Person. I'm going to undercut that a little bit because comedies are not always the highest rated by critics in the kind of binary Rotten Tomatoes yes, no scheme. So I'm going to say 83. 83. 83. Okay. I'm going to undercut that even a little bit more Damn. because I I don't know exactly. I'm going to be interested to kind of dive into the history of the thing, but I think that this is one that critically didn't do super hot, but Mm -hmm. pretty quick, pretty immediately had like an audience resurgence that was like, no, quit being assholes. This thing fucking rules. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to go 79. I'm going to go 79. Um, Next, movie number two, we're going to do Anchorman. Carson, what is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Anchorman? It, it should be 100. Um, God, I, I, I feel like, but I don't know. Here's the thing. I feel like every, every, anytime like somebody since that movie has come out would have added to the Rotten Tomatoes score. Because that, that movie would have been just a little bit too, too early for Rotten Tomatoes. It has to have been positive. I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Anchorman. Yeah. Like 90? Cool. 90. Um, I'm gonna go second and I'm gonna call it um 83. I'm gonna go a little lower. I have okay, so I haven't seen Anchorman in forever. It was like it was one of those films that like when I was in high school I could recite word for word, like mm-hmm. um and I thought it was very funny then. And I haven't seen it probably in like seven or eight years. But I imagine it's probably smarter than I even remember it being. Um, I'm going to, but I, I, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you guys. Because I'm guessing this is what I think critics would have given it. I'm going to say 77. 77. Okay. Yeah. 77% of the time. It works. It, works. it gets a positive critical review every time. Okay. So next, um, I'm going to see what is the Rotten Tomatoes score for Bridesmaids? And I'm going to start us off here. And this is the one that I'm going to go highest on. I'm going to go 
I'm gonna go 91. Is that me next? That is you next, yes. I'm gonna say 83. 83. Okay. Also, I also am gonna go high. I think that Bridesmaids was the, at the time, I remember the kind of, the critical talk of that movie kind of being like, oh, it's this tired formula, but we've injected a, but it's girls now. And it's girls now, which like bridesmaids is excellent, obviously, but and that, but that has become such a tired trope. But yeah. I'm gonna, but I think that that did it did get a bit of a critical bump for that reason. I'm gonna say ninety three, ninety three, ninety three. Awesome. Okay, yeah. There's a weird thing with like with the the studio comedy, which is like sometimes they can be dismissed unfairly mm-hmm. because they're not like quote-unquote like big serious films and sometimes they like get a little bit of a bump because like they're not trying to be anything like yeah really insane. so it's always it's always really hard to guess because there's a lot of films that i would kind of group in a similar place in quality that yeah span a little bit more of a of a range on rotten tomatoes yeah yeah like what the hell is um, stepbrothers fucking rotten tomatoes score who's to say you know yeah but yeah, like Step Brothers is a movie that I could see either being a hundred or forty-five. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, anything else about Popstar? Anything else we want to we want to? No, highlight? I just want to go watch it. I'm so excited. Let's today. go. Yeah, Let's do it. All right. So we will be back after we watch Popstar. Never stop. Never stopping. um i'm glad you opened there because that was absolutely my favorite part of the movie that's a really good song once a week since i have watched this movie it just popped just in my head Um, that is that is the best scene in the entire film i agree 100 percent. and it peaks you're like ah shit it peaked early god damn it uh, yeah. and not only not only that but um i did spend i did spend a lot of this movie after that part being like like i enjoyed this movie don't get me wrong but like mm-hmm. i was just like i was like i would kill to see a concert a concert documentary like a concert movie that is like these guys performing as these characters yeah. doing a whole like two hour like arena concert shot just like this uh-huh because that part is incredible yeah like they yeah. nail yeah. The, they nail the concert doc footage yeah all the concert stuff is. is incredible i it yeah it's one of those things where like i was just reading the wikipedia and it's like a like the budget in this movie was 20 million dollars and like all of that money is there. Like the, yeah, the concert stuff impressive. is so involved. Yeah. Um, it's also, uh, you know, maybe the downfall of mainstream American comedy films because uh, this movie made about half of that at the box office. That's wild. It's crazy because this movie's so good and so like, why has everybody not seen this movie? It's very frustrating. This is just going to be, this is going to be Palm Springs part two. I mean, it's Fuck literally yeah, it like is. made by the same people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The most frustrating thing in the world. Everyone should have seen this movie. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I feel guilty that I didn't watch it earlier. 
On oh, before we dive in formally, we do have a game to return to. So, do Ooh. we want to hit that and then and we can do thoughts? Absolutely, I would love yeah. that. All right, so Carson, um, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to pick a tiebreaker for Rotten Tomatoes. Oh shit! Okay, all right. Um, so while I go through some of these, uh, I'm going to ask you to do that. So movie number one, just like every week that we start with uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, Price is Right, is the movie we're talking about this week. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Caroline said 91. Carson said 83. I said 79. And I actually got it right on the money. It is Ooh. 79. Nice. Nice. Good. Yeah. Good. A respectable, a respectable right on the nugget. Like, you love to see it. Yeah. Uh, and I, did, I promise, I know it's my movie. I didn't cheat. I didn't know that coming in. I believe you. I believe you wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, movie number two is Anchorman. Carson said 90. I said 83. Caroline said 77. And in a really, truly surprising turn of events, we all busted. The score is 66. That is a crime. Truly. Those critics are Disney shills. They, I, they, I don't believe it. I will say I have not actually watched Anchorman in probably. I would imagine the last time I watched Anchorman, I was probably drunk and it was probably 2015. I probably haven't sat <laughs> down and earnestly watched Anchorman in a decade However, the number of times I watched that film from the age thir- uh, the ages of like 13 to 19 and just like over and over and over again, I, I can just say beyond a shadow of a doubt that those critics are wrong. Yeah. Fundamentally, just un- undisputably that's, wrong. That's I- it. incorrect. Yeah. I- I'm not going to lie. So I, I pulled the best I Adam did- McKay movie. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Almost yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I- I looked up these scores uh, when we recorded the first half, and when I reopened the Google Doc, I rechecked all three because I was like, that can't be right. That 66 for Anchorman cannot be right. Mm-hmm. But it is. Glass. Ridiculous. Glass. Movie number three, Bridesmaids. So for Bridesmaids, I said 91. Caroline said 83. Carson said 93. Bridesmaids clocks in at a score of 89. So Caroline uh, won Bridesmaids. Okay. I won Pop Star. So Carson, that's why I asked you mm. to pick a tiebreaker because right. I'm you really did not get any. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even in this one. All right. Well, I'm going to say, um, you know, there's a number of other great uh, mockumentaries I can choose from, but I think I'm going to have to go with the other great um, fake story about a musician, uh, I'm going to have to say Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Oh, That's your tiebreaker. That's actually uh, really good because both of those films feature Tim Meadows as like the frenemy I, in that. I, I think <laughs> I was going to bring role. up later in this episode is that I think Tim Meadows is, I don't know if the name's the same, but he's playing the same character. <laughs> yeah, 110%. Bill Hader's playing the same character he plays in um uh um uh, uh fucking oh what's the name of the movie I lost it got it I, I bring it up later whatever okay um see this is interesting because do we Walk Hard is another one of those films that I could see being anywhere from like a sixty to a ninety yeah if it was sub sixty I would yeah. be like that's rude and if it's above a ninety I'd actually be like pretty surprised but like 
if you told me it was 85, I'd believe it. If you told me it was mm-hmm. 65, I'd believe it. Like anywhere in there. I've actually never seen this movie, but I uh, what I'm struggling with is I know that like either this or Walk the Line are like <laughs> one of those two are like super critically revered and seen as like the like blueprint for the their type of movie. And I never remember. Which yeah, one. I will say Walk the Line is like the prototypical biopic of a like real musician like it fits it, it is like the exact like defining movie that really makes that genre okay. uh, and walk hard is a complete deconstruction of every every ounce of that drama of that genre such that like you watch walk hard and walk the line becomes worse <laughs> because yeah <laughs> um so for okay for walk hard i'm gonna go ahead I'm going to say, I'm going to say 69% nice. 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 I hate that all three of us just (laughs) nice. Um, I'm going to shoot a little higher, but not as high as I was going to go. I'm going to say 74. Ooh, I think Corey wins. Corey got it right on the money. What? Wow. Two That's... times. Am I right really good at this movie? At this game? The money. Corey, yeah, wow. 74%. It really is. It really is Corey's week. Is this really my new party yeah. trick? <laughs> Corey's week. <laughs> uh, a fun fact about Walk Hard the Dude Cox story around Tomatoes is that the critics' consensus is 74%. The audience score is 57. So actually, critics are good. Um, people are and, stupid. Yeah, people are dumb plebeians. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of the academy. They don't know what's good for them and they need to take their medicine. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, Lord. Con- congratulations, Corey. What a, what a week. Oh, that's fantastic. That just warms my little heart. Um, all right, let's dive in. What did yeah. you all think of Andy Samberg's uh, pop star, Never Stop, Never Stop? This movie's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. It's so, I I'd said this in the first half, I'm pretty sure I had heard, like, every song at some point. Sure. Uh, but had not, you know, seen them together. Uh, I'll, okay, this is the only movie where I think, because this is a thing, especially now, like, this is the only way that comedies get made. It's like, what if there's, like, four celebrity cameos? Like, what if, what if Brian Reynolds shows up and he's he's doing his Ryan Reynolds? What if he... What if he winks at the camera and he's being Ryan Reynolds and then Jimmy Fallon is there? Like, that's every studio comedy now. And I was never bored or not surprised by every single celebrity cameo they got in this movie. And the reason, I think the reason for that and is every it one starts of, with Ringo yeah. Starr. And then just yes. never, it starts with, I'm pretty sure Nas is the first one. And I'm like, what the fuck? They got Nas? Yeah, and then like Ringo and Snoop Dogg, and Pink, and Emma Stone. Well, the, 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 the Snoop Dogg, the Snoop Dogg uh, cutaway is is the, one of the funniest times. So one, funny. of, one of the hardest I laughed in the movie. It's just like, it's just like, oh, we're here with Snoop. Surprise, motherfucker. Like, that was yeah. pretty the, the The Chris Red character having his own documentary and them shooting the documentarians who have been shooting this movie is, yeah, like, I don't know. They're always have like, every single one of those things feels surprising and fun. 
And bits like that, they have a lot of fun with the mockumentary style, which I feel like post, post The Office, post Parks and Rec, the mockumentary is kind of dead. Yeah, it's kind of dead because like post The Office, post Parks and Rec, it's I mean, both because I think everyone is so familiar with that as a style and also that those shows really do not use the mockumentary like they don't use that as fuel for jokes. They just use it. It's just kind of incidental to the way things are being shot, like such that like the fact that in the last season of The Office, they start pointing out the fact that this is a documentary it feels really weird because that is not really something that we have had like our, it, that's not been part of like part of the show for so long. Like that's not something that we have our attention drawn to. And like, we don't really have it anymore. I mean, like what we do in the shadows, that's actually, that's actually, I think probably the, uh, probably the um, exception that proves the rule. That's a documentary that really has fun with the style. Right. Well, yeah. it's like this, it's like this whole thing where it's like, Post the office, like a mockumentary becomes like it becomes less of like a genre and almost more of like a writing and filming style. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of like, I don't know if you guys have watched Abbott Elementary. Oh, is that like that? Yeah, it's like that because like they they do talk they do talking heads and it's very like handheld camera style. But it's just like, it's almost like we've kind of like come full circle with it, where just like, it's now just like, it's now just like, like a language of comedic rhythm, right? Yeah. It's it's no longer like this thing, you know, because it's like, you know, I'm kind of thinking of like, this is Spinal Tap, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, like one of the, one of the OGs and it's, it's very much like, like they are like talking like to the cameraman and they're like showing them around like, oh, like, like let me come show you this. Let me come show you this. Let me come show you this. Um, and it's like, you know, it's very much this like, oh, we are here filming this for this purpose. And now it's like you watch something like Abbott Elementary or Modern Family. And it's just like, it's just like, are these people like, are these characters aware they're being filmed? Or is it just like, funny? Like, is it just a comedic rhythm that we are used to where it's like two characters can be arguing on screen and then we can cut to a new location of one of those characters talking directly to the camera and like delivering a zinger that's going to undercut the scene have you yeah. know what i mean have you watched all of abbott elementary or just like a bits and pieces? i've just seen like i've just seen like a handful of episodes so i will say so i and i'm just to sort of play devil's advocate um if you watch the whole like two seasons that have been out so far i do think they do it with more nuance overall than maybe just from bits and pieces you, you get from just a couple yeah. episodes here and there because yeah. they have some moments where they call out um very similarly to the snoop dog uh beat actually mm-hmm. it's um uh somewhat for some reason there are other cameras in the school and they have a similar like no i'm shooting that like kind of interaction sure um but i do think abbott does it because i was going to call abbott elementary out as like kind of not reinventing because like you said it's we've done kind of every iteration of it at this point but i do think they do it exceptionally well yeah yeah and 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 i'm not i'm not even like complaining about that or saying it's a bad thing it's just this thing of like you know it it is just this thing that like the mockumentary style has been so wholly like integrated into the into comedy that it's just like like just like cutting to a talking head is like, like we don't need a 
we don't need a reason why we're like filming things anymore. Yeah. You know but, what I yeah. mean? Like it's just taken for granted as a viewer that like, oh yeah, like they're gonna they're gonna cut to a talking head because like that's how comedy works. I found you know? myself at points during Brooklyn Nine Nine when I w- was watching it uh, for the first time, waiting for a talking yes. head, waiting for that fourth fourth wall break, and it not coming and being like, oh, this feels decidedly different because the style isn't such that it's doing that. A hundred and ten percent. And like, it's- does Brooklyn Nine Nine? I'm I'm blanking. I've seen quite a bit of it. But do they do the gym, like, look to lens no. thing in that? Because it feels so much like that, they that don't. style with the way they shoot it. Like, it is very handheld, very just, like, cut and go. Like, yeah, that's a really good point, Corey. Like, they never do it. And it's like, it always feels like they're about to. Um, yeah. God, it's that really tied a lot of shit together for me because it's uh, this is one of the things with comedy is that uh, it's all been done, but it's all the same tricks. It's all the same fucking tricks. And we're just figuring out new ways to do the bits. It's like, I think it's really evident that like you call it gymming to the camera and like that's a joke yeah. that community could make in like 2014 and everybody understands that as a reference. But like, I mean, the legacy of that bit, the whole like something happens and then like the character who is aware of the fact that the thing that's happening is ridiculous looking to the audience and like checking in with them to be like, you under, we both, we all understand this is ridiculous, right? That's like fucking, that's Comedia dell'arte. That's like classic clownery, you know, that shit's hundreds of years old. Yeah. And like, yeah. even, even in just like American television, I mean, it's, yeah. it's holding for laughs in front of a live studio yeah. audience. You know what I mean? Like you can't, yeah. you, you, you can't do that in a mockumentary, but like you can have them just like, like get alone on this guy. You know, and I it think serves, it, it serves the same purpose as like, I don't know, just like a full house, like, oh, my God, like you painted Comet blue. Yeah, <laughs> no one can see me, but I, I I put my hands up and just opened my eyes Look and froze. Yeah. Much like Danny Tanner might. Oh, R.I.P. Um, yeah, uh, it's, R.I.P. I think, R.I.P. God, Bob Saget died. Oh, sad. I mm, very sad. Very sad. Um. I, I also think, I think maybe the distinct difference of it to me is that there are not, maybe not even as going as far as like referencing the fact, being aware of the fact that we're in a documentary, you know, something like that, that obviously they get a lot of juice out of in pop star, something that like really works in something like what we do in the shadows because they're constantly really just revealing the absurdity of why would you send a documentary crew to follow vampires? Wouldn't they all immediately (laughs) die? Like what, you know, like that joke is that like some mockumentary stuff, some things with that style, it is, it is purely just style and something like Parks and Rec, something like, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's just that they use a lot of shaky cam, right? It's just handheld. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sign. Like, and then there are other shows where the camera, I were on the eve of it. Yeah. I, it's the succession thing like that. I feel like that really grows out of the mockumentary. And despite the fact that succession is decidedly not a mockumentary, it is not, you know, within the diegesis of that show that they are being filmed. Something that, you know, the directors and creators of that show talk about a lot is how they want the camera to feel like a a character and have subjective, subjective thoughts and opinions of what is happening on screen. And the way it's being shot is sharing that with the audience and changing your perception of what's going on. That was another show that I expected the first time I watched it. I expected someone to look at the camera, Roman or someone to just 
And it yeah. was it like really caught me off guard when I got through like five episodes and was like, oh, okay, we're not doing well, it. Roman does this thing where he gyms to the camera in other directions. <laughs> he, that's like the classic. He Roman gyms Roy to a thing. camera in his mind. Yes, exactly. Like that's his his classic move is I don't agree with this thing. Look off to the side, screw his face up. Uh, uh, um, yeah, go on. I was just no, using- yeah. Caroline, we we sort of pivoted off of Popstar pretty quickly before we could get your thoughts. Yes. I'm curious what you thought about it. Um, I mean, like, I mean, it's it's so hard to kind of like it's so hard to kind of have an opinion on something like this because it's uh extraordinarily dumb. Oh yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> and like, do I think this is inc- like an incredible work of cinema? No, of course not. Did I laugh so many fucking times? Yeah, like I just looked at my notes. I just looked down at my notes, and one of the notes is just quote. It's two words. It's just quote thriller. Also, yeah, thriller. Also, <laughs> like it's so funny. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's really, it's a really funny movie. I love, I love that they, uh, I love that they drag um Macklemore's same love, oh. the not gay song. Oh my god. It's so, so funny. funny. That's the funny. I oh and the callback at the end where he realizes and he's oh, like, yeah, that was so kind of offensive, wasn't it? <laughs> Pink's okay. The the fantastic part about that song to me is that Pink's in it, which feels like Pink dragging herself because that is the kind of song that Pink would produce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite talking heads in the movie, I forget who it was, but it was right after the Equal Rights song. And someone's like, he's making a song for gay marriage, but it's legal now. It's, legal now. <laughs> it's been legal. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, Caroline, I have a really, I have a really fun anecdote. Um, when I was watching this yesterday, I showed Kenzie the fucked Bin Laden song. Uh-huh. And, um, she looks at me and she goes, what? What are Caroline and Carson going to say about this? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm having a ton of fun rewatching <laughs> it. That it's, it's great and good and cool. That it's really fucking funny. It so it was so just hard. It was really great to say, oh, Caroline, what did you think? And watch you just kind of go, I had fun. Well, yes. And I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, the Fuck Bin Laden song is really, really funny. It's so funny. Um, oh. Caroline, your mic cut out? No, it didn't cut out. I'm just making faces. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, my mouth is moving, but no words are coming out. Um, This movie does a fun job at very specifically making fun of these, um, these couple of characters that aren't real um, and doesn't do a whole, um, like, for example, we've we've already hit on walk the line because you or it's goddamn it, walk hard because yeah. you can't not. And walk hard is a film that very much it's telling you so far in its cheek. And the thing that walk hard is saying is music biopics are kind of stupid. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Like that is a, that is a film that is shitting on a genre of film, and it mm-hmm. swings so in a very fun way. It swings so in a very good way. Um, a thing I actually really found fun about this movie is there isn't a tongue-in-cheek element of like music documentaries are stupid. 
it's not because like obviously like at least insofar as like the title goes and insofar as a lot of the way a lot of the things are shot is this is i mean this is justin bieber right like we're, yeah, we're making bieber. fun of we're making yeah. fun of uh never say never right yeah. like you literally yeah. have usher there like, mm-hmm. like to to do that um and it's not a film that's like concert films are worthless this industry is stupid fuck the people who do this it's very much like look at this one specific guy who's kind of a fucking mess and a dweeb and like i i think there's an important balance there because that's kind of how like you get away with the not gay song and that's how you get away with fucking laughing because you can see justin bieber doing it well i don't know if i could see justin bieber doing it necessarily but like yeah but i also kind of can like here's the thing macklemore did put out that song though like he, <laughs> i i kind of agree with you caroline i think this song is a lot or this uh, movie is a lot kinder to its subject matter than walk hard is but i i think it's got i mean i think it's very firmly being like look at and it's a little quaint now because this is the pop music industry of the mid 10s you know rather than yeah. now which is a pretty different landscape uh but i think it's very firmly being like yeah these pop stars in this industry is uh it's a little facile and it kind of takes children and turns them into weird, dumb monsters, right? Like, yeah. And I'm also, no, totally. I'm also fascinated by the satire being a little bit more far reaching into like the industry in general. Like the fact that this sort of, um, oh, oh my God, my theater degree. I'm so embarrassed. Uh, jumping off point, whatever. Uh, inciting incident. That's the one I'm looking yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. Uh, is he drops all of his album onto toasters and microwaves and then causes a worldwide blackout. Like, that's so <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah. And I was watching that um, two days after Max dropped and Netflix dropped their password sharing thing and everyone's like, why is everything in shambles right now? It was yeah. just like, the synchronicity of that was really a, a positive viewing experience, but I, I I did like how far some of the satire reached. Yes, uh, it's this is a a funny thing because I think there's two main models on Connor Freel's character, and like Justin Bieber obviously is the is the huge one is like the guy that they're coming after. Weirdly, the other one is, is kind of Justin Timberlake. Right? Because it's yeah, about yeah, a guy who yeah, came out of yeah, it, which, yeah. yeah, yeah, which I think is, God, Justin Timberlake's, like, participation in this movie is really fascinating to me. Because one, I will say, I I think he's my least favorite cameo. He's the one that is the least okay. funny. Because I don't know. The thing is, like, yeah, no, we know you know Justin Timberlake. Like, we know that he does Lonely Island songs. Like, it's not really funny when he's here, you know, it's not as surprising and funny. Um... But it is really similar to like Pink being an equal rights song. It, it, there is like a Justin Timberlake comes in and participates in this movie, which is pretty firmly making fun of him. And then like later this year, he's like, you know what, man of the woods, I'm the man of the woods. Like he puts out his like ridiculous, weird pivot album that everyone hates. Like it's, I don't know. There's, it, it's an interest. I'd love to listen to what Justin Timberlake thinks about this movie. 
Yeah. The one bit yeah. with him that I do I do get a lot of enjoyment out of is when he's singing at the end and everyone's yeah. like, shut up, we're watching TV. Like, yeah. like why? I think that's very funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. One thing that like, maybe other than the fucked Bin Laden, maybe the harshest that I laughed in the entire movie, <laughs> which is so stupid. It's like talking about uh, what's his name, the third guy's song, like when he tried to go off into his solo career. Yeah, and he had a song called "Things in My Jeans," and I think it's I forget I forget who the talking head is. I think it might have been Nas, but like yeah. it's one of the talking heads, and he's just like, I personally did not relate to that song because I had no. different things in my jeans. Uh, like literally, like oh. it fucking killed me. Like it is like. God, it's it's the thing with all of these fucking SNL movies is mm-hmm. like a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them do feel like there there are stretches of this movie that do feel like an extended SNL, you know, yeah. a, a digital yeah. short. Um, mm-hmm. and there are moments when I'm kind of like, okay, like, yeah, like on paper, that's pretty funny, but like like it's not really making for like a like a compelling film. Like this isn't really making like for compelling like cinema. And then he, they have lines like, well, I didn't really relate to that song because I had different things in my Jeep. And it, it just, I mean, it just fucking killed me. Yeah. It, it yeah. just fucking killed me. What, uh-huh. do you guys, what do you guys think of the, I guess this is like kind of a question of like the overall story, but where this thing sort of falls apart for me is when they go to the farm and like, we, we're like, no, we have to have like a real emotional beat within this. Um. I, I I think the movie slows like pace. It's just the pacing slows down in a weird sort of breakneck way. Um, mm. I don't this know. Is, what do you what do you guys think of that? This is something I think about a lot of modern comedies, actually, especially the ones that don't work as I agree. well. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think it's actually it's it's fine in this movie. It does not like completely ruin it for me. But I was yeah. thinking about it. Where like, I don't know if it's a studio thing. I don't know if it is a. Uh, just a difference in taste. I feel like before the kind of mid 2000s, it was a lot more acceptable to just have your comedy movie be completely absurd and you don't necessarily need to have like an emotional catharsis to end the movie. Like it can, like that's, this is Spinal Tap has no emotional catharsis. Waiting for Guffman has no emotional catharsis really. Like it's just, they're movies about ridiculous people who undergo ridiculous things. I mean, I guess the catharsis of this is Spinal Tap is them all playing at the end, but even that's kind of undercut. Um, like every, I think especially the kind of really shitty mid-tier comedy movies need to like complete, like introduce you to these completely ridiculous characters that you really have no, you know, you have affection for them because they're funny, not because they're real people with emotions, but then they need to, for the sake of the screenplay, end the movie with some emotional revelation some yeah some some like form of catharsis that is just unnecessary most of the time yes i completely agree um i do feel like a lot of like smaller comedy films like need to do that they or they feel the need to do that right because it's like okay, so their jumping off point for this film is let's do, let's do a, let's do a music, like, documentary parody, right? Yeah. And 
all good like documentaries all good like you know or for the most part like even though they are objectively showing like they are they are claiming to objectively be like this is the story of how it happened we're documenting it blah 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 blah. that's actually really fucking boring yeah and um all documentaries that are worth their salt like kind of have a take they kind of have a slant and while the hope is that they are using that that their that their slant that their take that their viewpoint is in some way inherently true and that they can use reality to make that point right like yeah inherently all philological or argumentative arc yeah to them. and i feel like in a film like this you know because i mean it's like i mean you know i i, I haven't actually seen never say never mm-hmm. um but like i imagine their their through line through it is like you know there there there's something there whether it's just like oh my god like we start at the beginning of Justin's day and he wakes up and it's like oh I'm I'm really nervous for my big show mm. tonight like gonna go do an arena and then it cuts back to like his humble beginnings and then like has his day go or whatever it is you know right like it like there's always like an arc there and they are always using like quote unquote the truth to have a take right and i feel like a thing that is a problem with a lot of studio comedies and a lot of studio mockumentaries or parodies is that like they attack it first and foremost with like let's parody this genre Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong like it is built into this film from square one that's like like the first shot you see is the three of them in the van right Mm -hmm. like in the back yeah um and like back in the day and it's like you know like built into the story of this thing is the okay well we had this band and we broke up and like and so we all went off and did our own thing and you know like the arc of the film is them having to come back together but you do kind of have this like split like almost like servant of two masters things where it's like well on the one hand like you have to have that emotional catharsis you have to have that through line yeah. On the other hand, we want to make fun of concert documentaries. We want to make a bunch of yeah. jokes. Yeah. And like yeah. those two don't they 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 run parallel to one another, but they don't really like feed off of one another. Yeah. I again, I don't think it's too terrible in this movie because they never they don't do the thing that a lot of like worse mid-tier comedy movies do where they like let the jokes fall away a hundred percent. There's yes. like this weird moment where the music gets, you know, the music gets serious and they just stop making jokes. And I'm like, why'd you stop making jokes? It's a comedy, you know, like yeah. even when they get together at the end, it it is just to fuel more, more bits. The song um, they wrote actually, at the farm is fucking hilarious. Yeah, the fact that Michael so funny. comes out and plays with it fucking hilarious like yes. perfect great it's like, so funny it's so funny and like it, there is i don't know like it, was, it made me think of weird the millers honestly i think is a good example of a movie where i and we kind of struggled with this i think when we reviewed it where i'm like i need them to be like a family at the end i, I think that the movie is like stronger if you just never do that and it's just always bits you know and it's 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 a little bleaker it's a let you know again there is no catharsis for the movie but like right works more as a comedy well no but but like i mean i i still to this day one of my one of like i say this a little flippantly but i also think it's true is that one of my favorite pieces of my own film criticism is that that movie <laughs> would have been better if instead of becoming a family they became the teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. 
they should be a group of weirdos who just like hangs out together and eats pizza because yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be a nuclear family like hello daughter you ordered pizza thank you so much my yeah. loving daughter it should be like they're fucking playing video games and drinking beer and one of them orders the pizza no it's fucking nice and then Catherine yeah. Hong comes in and is like like uh like hey who like uh, uh what's your name jason today because i'm gonna peg you tonight right and he's like yeah. fuck yeah but no instead they're, yeah. they're a nuclear family and yeah and it's it is that it is that same thing but um yeah it's it's, okay. it's not terrible in this but no yeah and that's the thing is it's not terrible that's why i went with this i because i think it, i like i said part a i believe i think purely for number of jokes that are high quality funny make me laugh out loud this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Yes, there are better yeah. comedy capital M movies that are considered better capital C cinema, but I cried while watching this movie for the first time from laughter probably seven times. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> um, I mean, the the immaculate bit of him doing a whole song about how humble he is, smash oh. cut to Mariah Carey saying, yeah. and I really, I, that really resonated with that. Me. Like, yep. I am a very humble person. Yep. It's hysterical. The oh. turtle barfing is God. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, the turtle projectile bombing is so funny. The fact that he has a turtle is also it's just funny. Is also just funny. It's a good bit. Um, okay, I I have like a more serious, well, not even serious, but like a more yeah, like serious point I want to get into. But before Let's that, go. I I do I think what is just what's your favorite bit in the movie? Oh, like my favorite, just like a bit of comedy. Just like yeah, just like one little like thing. Because I have two, and I think, and the second one's gonna launch me into my into my thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, um okay. I'm looking at I'm looking at this right now. Um I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna give you a couple because I don't know that I can pick just one. Um mm -hmm. we've already talked about it, but fucked bin Laden, fucking hilarious. Great. Um the one two punch of that followed immediately by Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece of shit. <laughs> is like it's just so good. It's just so good. Um those are probably my top two. Yeah. Yes. Um. I would. I mean, like we've already established that fuck Bin Laden is like the the best part of the movie. Um. So taking that off the table, I really think that the two funniest moments is uh. And I and I didn't relate to that because I had different things in my jeep. Yeah. And then also like when he's like running with a turtle and the turtle is throwing up. <laughs> um. It's so funny. The wolves and also seal is pretty is pretty great. Oh, too. the wolves and seal. Oh, the just the cutaway to the magazine and she's dating seal now. He's like, he's wearing an eye patch. <laughs> he's wearing an eye patch. He's like, I trusted you, seal. Well, and and when he's like, he's like, you've done this before. And it's like, yeah. How do you think I got these scars? Yeah, wolves, motherfucking wolves. <laughs> wolves. <laughs> oh God. Okay. One of my favorites, and it's oh, it's a great like. It's one of those bits where you can tell, like, they, ha they I don't know. I think Bill Hader probably thought it up. And they're like, God, that's so, that may, that is connected to nothing, but it's so fucking funny. We got to put it in the movie. Is uh, Bill Hader doing flatliners? <laughs> what? <laughs> the cut, to, and it's the only time he's I in the movie. It's the one scene where they cut to him and he's like, I'm the, he's playing the same character he plays in the hot rod. And he, they cut to him and he's like, yeah, my 
my hobbies. I like to flatline. I got to be flatliners. That's it, flatlining. Uh, and he comes back. Oh, uh, a little taste the great beyond. He comes back. He's like, did I shit myself? And she's like, not this time. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, God. All right. That, I take then, it where, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, oh. Uh, so, and then the other one, which this got to connect to my larger point. And I got to preface this by saying, we say this on the show sometimes. I'm a, I'm a dumb white person. Uh, take my opinions with a grain, grain of salt. There is some racial satire in this movie. It is oh, not, uh, yeah, not as cutting as something like, you know, Blazing Saddles or whatever, but it needs to be talked about. Uh, the thing that I, and I feel kind of bad about this, but the thing I laughed at the most in this movie was uh, the way Maya Rudolph said the N-word. It made me laugh. I had to pause the movie and go back. It is like, oh, dear God, did that make me laugh? It is. It was. It is startling. It is a it is, startling yeah. moment. Startling. Yes, <laughs> because it's, it's so surprising, and her take of it is so perfect. The way her face does not move, like it's, whoa. Um, so that being said, I do think the other bit of cutting of you know somewhat cutting satire in this movie is like it's and it goes to Justin Timberlake too. It's kind of weird that male pop stars have really built their personas and their music on the back of like black R&B singers. Like that is their most direct influence, especially with someone like Justin Bieber, where like, that's what he came out of. Um, Yeah. yeah, And it's like, it's evident, I think in the fact that most of the cutting heads are like, you know, hip hop artists and R&B singers um, really praising this very stupid white boy. Uh, I think it's a really excellent bit of um, uh, uh, Sandberg's performance where like he's doing, He's doing Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake voice, which is like, it's hard to describe. It's this thing that's like not 100% a white guy doing black scent. Like it's not all the way AAVE, but it is like 100% pointed in that direction. And it's one of those things where you hear him talk and you're like, it's a little weird. I don't think that's actually your voice. It's a little weird that that's the voice you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, 110%. That he brings on like a really serious, like Chris Red. Chris Red's so fun. Chris Red, be in more movies. That guy's so fucking funny. Like that they bring on like a very serious rapper who's like kind of just weird and angry. Like, yeah, he kind of takes over the whole tour, which is like partially, well, that's kind of what all made. It's a bit of like industry, you know, satire because it is kind of that mid tens thing where it's like, well, we're not really doing like the white guy R&B male pop star thing anymore. It's like more about like young up and coming rappers. Those are the, now the big pop stars in the latter half of the 2010s. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, yeah, and but just that that guy's like so rough and tumble that he does the like, he does like, hey, this is my, and Connor's just like, that's my friend. Yeah, like, because he's so clearly uncomfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 I will say too, Chris Red is probably in the entire film, I think the best actor comedian playing a believable musician performance. Yeah. Like yeah. I think he really, really in a way that like in a way that Sandberg always feels a little tongue tongue in cheek, in the way that Yorma Tacone always feels a little bit like knowing. Um I think Chris Red's performance 
is like like if I didn't recognize him from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. yeah, like I like I would have just been like, oh, did they get like like an actual like did they get an actual musician? Like is that somebody that I should know? Um, yeah, I and I I, I think that like of all of the of all of the comedians turned uh and 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 vice versa too because obviously like a lot of the musicians are playing themselves but like i think that like you know like it's always the thing when it's the same thing too in train wreck right like whenever mm-hmm. you have like famous people playing themselves in a movie there's always like it's like no i've seen you a hundred times give an interview and like you are a little more stilted in this scene because you are while you're doing a good job, like you are acting. Like yeah. you know, you get you get a little bit of that with like the others. But I mean, like Chris Red's performance in this is really, really, really good. Chris Red's yeah. performance this is brilliant. His um after another excellent bit um of him doing the magic show and then uh the costume doesn't work, so it's just him standing with his um looking like he doesn't have genitals uh-huh. uh and then chris red going uh did i didn't i did i <laughs> didn't i did i that would be- i don't know good bit <laughs> good bit um, i am a master prankster that would be something i do but i didn't but did i let's let's use that to yeah. pivot into uh into a thing that this movie does which is an extended bit about, oh my God, he tucked his penis. <laughs> that fucking, and Corey bleep out at least the A, that fucking f- <laughs> like. Uh, leave all that in, just bleep the A. Just bleep um, the A. Because oh. like, that is, mm, th- this, that's where the movie gets a little thorny for me yeah sure yeah 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 as i was yeah. saying it i was like oh i don't want to like throw my full endorsement behind it but well, it, it's fraught to say the least yeah 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 and i think it's it is that thing with a lot of with a lot of comedy with a lot of uh art with a lot of cinema it is easy to it is easy to like sometimes i watch movies especially older films that have some regressive shit in them. And I sit there and I think like, okay, I can read this to be actually like, I can read this to be a deconstruction. I can read this to be a critique. I can read this to be a whatever, but I don't know that it actually is. Yeah. You know? Um, And like, you can kind of do the mental gymnastics to get there. And I think this part is a little thorny because i think the film's being a little dishonest with what it's doing Uh, because i don't know i want to hear your takes and then we can get into it but i want to hear like what you how like how you guys as like cis straight men read this read this uh plot point of the film i gotta yeah sorry go on well i was gonna say i was gonna say i can read it as like ha 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 we're making fun of andy samberg like his character like his character is so like obsessed with being like mm-hmm. like ha 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 toxic masculinity he's so sad people like are making fun of like his genitals like mm-hmm. like he wants to prove he's got a big boy penis but like i can see a bit of that in there i can see a tinge of that in there but i do think 
there's a little bit of uh, yeah. ick at play for me. Yeah, the way I got to get into it is I think the other scene that I think is even a little bit more clear cut in that is like when they're in the car and they do the they do the which hey full more male full frontal in comedy movies that's a you know a, a good thing which is fun um but like it almost plays to me and again i don't know if this is the intention of the filmmakers or not because it's it, you know it's it's a little intention where like the joke is almost like it's really fucked up that like we have these stars and like just an accepted part of their being is that people are constantly flashing them and everybody's like, no, it's okay. It's a girl with yeah. her boobs. Like, isn't it fine? Don't you want to see a girl's boobs on, you know, like without, you know, without, without your consent and like, and then it becomes like a penis and it's it changes the situation and kind of brings that out. But I do think the comedy of that is more just like, oh, he's disgusted that he's got to touch a dick, you know? Right. And, and that's, gets you know, the that's kid and the, yeah, which like again, out of context, funny bit. He plays it well, but it is like that's eh, a little regressive. Similarly, the the him not having a penis thing, where I'm like, I just in terms of like them sitting down and writing it in like pure just we're writing a comedy terms. I think they're like, well, we're doing this fashion bit, and I think the easy joke there, the joke that most people would do there, is like the misfunction happens and he's just naked. He's just and you know, and it's complete male full frontal. You see Andy Samberg's penis, and like that's the joke. Is that like the you know the thing fucked up? And I think in their minds they go, well, like, well, no, isn't it like funnier and more interesting if that if his intention was everyone needs to see my my penis and then it doesn't work and that embarrasses him because this guy is so like into himself that he has like he does not see the problem with flashing an entire audience full of people um but of course i think tied up in that not i think to their intention but there is just the you know isn't it weird to see a man without a penis like isn't that just kind of weird in that an odd you know image yeah. and like i don't think that's the joke they're trying to make necessarily but you know semiotically that's tied up in there that well, is part of it yeah because so i think so I think one thing is I think because I agree with the whole bit about the penis like yeah. in the at, at the window. I think a much like because like that's another thing, too, because it's like even like, you know, even Yorma Tacone is like kind of like looking at the kind of like looking out the window and he's kind of like, mm -hmm. ew, there's a wiener like I don't want to see a wiener. And then it's like the joke is that like. Sandberg's like, yeah, and do you see this right here? Like, do you see this behind me? This thing that is so cool mm -hmm. that I love, and I love what's behind me. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ha, 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 he doesn't know he's talking about a dick. Yeah. I think a better joke is you have the girl rub her ass up against against the against the window. Then you have the other girl rub her boobs up against the window. Then you have the guy rub the dick up against the window. And he's like, yeah, you see this right here? I love this. And like, like fully, fully, like, acknowledging the dick and then yeah. he pulls down the window and signs the dick and yeah he's, <laughs> yeah because like, like yeah thanks for coming to the show tonight man and rolls up the window because yeah. like, that's like more absurd because like it yeah. does still get into that that like ha 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 isn't it funny that he unwillingly is being gay right now like he doesn't know it but he's saying a gay thing <laughs> yeah and like to some degree like it is just funny it's just they're being a dick on screen like to some yeah. degree like like humans are stupid it's why for thousands of years we laugh at farts and burps mm -hmm. it's like why are these things funny i don't know 
it's like you look back to Greek theater and it's like they they make a fucking play on words that could be interpreted to be like, oh, like I'm talking about X, but, but like we all know that could be slang for penis. And that's funny. Yeah. like like that's always I don't know what it is about us. Like we just think our bodies are hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like to some degree, there is that ha ha ha. There's a dick on screen. That's a funny joke for like whatever stupid reason. Um but I don't love the way that's played. And so here's my take about the whole like dick tucking fiasco is like, I, I get that there is a, if they wanted it to be a, you know, it's like a toxic, fragile man who like mm-hmm. has all this toxic masculinity and has all of this, like, you know, like, and his phallocentric brain is so upset that like people have, you know, improper or like ill-conceived notions about his dick. It should have been that he was naked on stage, mm-hmm. and we and the world, the whole world saw and was making fun of whatever it is he had for whatever reason. Yes. Um, I think that it gets into this awkward. It gets into this awkward territory because the whole thing that's played out afterwards is like this whole fiasco of everyone's like oh my god does he have a dick does he have a dick guys we don't know if connor for real has a penis and he's just like oh my god people don't know if i have a penis people need to know i have a penis people know i need to have a penis and like the thing is about that like as a joke is like because there's the whole bit where he's like i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna tweet a picture of my dick and i was like no no you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that and the thing is is if that were really the problem, that actually would solve the problem. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think yeah. he should have just tweeted a picture of his dick and yeah. been like, hey world, look, I do have a penis. Here it is. Yeah. But the problem is, is like, that's not actually what's happening here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I don't think the world sees that. Like if that happened, like let's say that actually happened. I don't think the world sees that and is like, oh my God, does he have a dick? Like, it doesn't become like, oh, does does he, it doesn't become, is Connor for real a cis man without a penis? Mm-hmm. The conversation becomes either like, ha ha ha, he's gay and he tucks his dick. Ha ha ha, that's what we're making fun of. Mm-hmm. Or it becomes like, oh my God, he's like, like, he doesn't have a dick, he's trans. Like, we didn't know that he's trans. Yeah. Like there is no real universe. There's no real reality in which people are they see that and then are like, oh my God, we don't think Connor for real has a penis. It then becomes one of those two things and they don't acknowledge one of those two things. So it feels a little it feels a little dishonest. Yeah. Like it feels a little yeah. dishonest. Um to me. It yeah. feels to, in my opinion, and I my opinion does not matter on this topic it it feels like um they wrote the joke and we're like that's really funny and the thought stopped there and there was no what does that mean for this which leads to this which leads to this which leads to this it was just like that is a funny bit not and i'm not saying that to excuse it necessarily i'm just just saying i think that probably was the thought process and and i want to be clear too like it's not like 
it's not like the worst thing I've ever fucking seen in a movie. Yeah. I didn't like watch that and be like, how dare this fascist propaganda? Yeah. Like, how dare Andy Samberg make this anti-queer, anti-trans, anti-gay propaganda? Yeah. Cancel yeah. producer Corey. I never get exactly. to see again. Exactly. <laughs> like, like it's like it's like fine. It's just kind of stupid. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. cheap. And it's like definitely yeah. and I and I think that there's a lot of things in a lot of comedies where like the third quarter of a lot of comedies drags. You know, either a comedy is 80 minutes or it's like 75, 80 minutes, or the third quarter always drags a little bit. Cause they they come out of the gates with a shit ton of great jokes and then they wrap it up all really good with a good, fun, emotional, hysterical ending. And then there's that like bridge in between. Because mm-hmm. the back half of act two is always a little like, well, we need to live in this for 15 more minutes. So Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. needs to we need to be able to shoot this out to cinemas at like, you know, we can't just I mean, God, wouldn't it be better if we lived in a world also where it was acceptable to just be like, this is a 70 minute long studio comedy. It is lean. It is, you know, every joke goes as hard as possible. We cut out all the fat. But yeah, that's just not the industry. Yeah. And Carson, you're totally correct. But you know what film does clock in with credits at a cool 82 minutes? What's that? This this is Spinal Tap. Yeah. No, that's the. It's like it's it's it gets in, gets out. And like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this that's film that, isn't that's that that's much the best longer. mockumentary ever because yeah, like this film is not that much longer it is uh it is like 90 minutes yeah this one's only 90 minutes but like that 10 minutes makes a difference yeah yeah 100%. and that 10 minutes and that 10 minutes is the dick tucking bit yeah you know the entire bit yeah 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 because like that that's also just to your point in terms of the structure of the movie, once you get to that bit, you're like, well, no, all this stuff has been set up. We don't really need him to have another controversy. Like you could just, you could cut to, oh, well, Connor's sad and alone and he's not doing music anymore. Like one bit earlier, because that's all, like we know everybody's all mad with them. We know like all these issues are occurring. Like we know that, you know, Hunter's becoming more famous than him. Like we, like you could cut to that earlier and it would just be quicker and leaner and better. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? We're, we're just crossed the hour mark. Yeah. I, uh, this movie is really funny. Uh, the fact that it made half its budget is uh, stupid I'm and crying. wrong. And uh, uh, bad for <laughs> Hollywood as a whole. Um, like, I wish, I mean, we say this a lot, but like, I wish I could be like, hey, Lonely Island guys, like Akiva Schaefer, you know, Yoma Tacone, Andy Samberg, like write another movie. But like, I'm, they did. It was called Palm Springs. It was excellent. Like, I, I, I just wish that the industry was more a little bit more receptive to just like, yeah, we'll just give. These are like, especially like, it's, fucking sandberg like dude like this is the change the industry is like he's in this movie and then he's got to go be in brooklyn 99 for like eight seasons like it's there's just no path forward of well this guy can just do a movie every year this falls right just doesn't exist this falls right in the middle of brooklyn 99 yeah um yeah i and i feel like we're tiptoeing back towards i i jokingly last year called the uh the trilogy of marry me 
mm-hmm. um, which is a different kind of movie, but studio comedy yeah. nonetheless. Marry Me, um, the George Clooney, Julia Roberts one, and then yeah, I forget what the third one was, but that, I I always said there was like a there was a trilogy of those types of movies that came out last year that were all pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, and you just. You want him to be better. You just like, I, Marry Me is pretty good. That's the one that we all like, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, it's, it is that crazy thing because it was like the, the Julia Roberts, George Clooney one came out and it made like a fuck ton of money. And my yeah. mom wanted to go see it. And it's just like, it's like, it was really good. Would, yeah. And it's, just, it's just that thing of like, who would have guessed that uh, two of the most famous movie stars doing doing a romantic comedy together would uh, get people to go to the movies? Like, who would have guessed? Have who could have possibly seen, seen that? Oh, The Lost City. The Channing Lost Channing. City, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You, you know what feels like a sea change for me, and I hope it amounts to something? Have you all seen the trailer for that? What is the name of it? The, the, the Jennifer Lawrence comedy? Yo, I can't fucking wait for that movie. Uh, yeah, I... Oh, boy. That trailer, that movie feels so mid-2000s in, like, mostly a good way. Yeah. Like... No hard feelings. No hard feelings. Feels the premise of that thing is the most 2006 thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Like, it's Jennifer Lawrence, who is a very weird figure in Hollywood, because for, like, three years straight, she was, like, the highest paid actress in the world off the back of, I would say, some less than stellar performances, um, was, I I think, and here's, I don't really like Jennifer Lawrence that much, but I do think that her strengths are in comedy, and I think that she should be a comedy star. And I think that this movie is uh, kind of, the fact that she's coming back with a big studio comedy, I think, is a good sign. Yeah, I would have yeah. to agree. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, cool. We'll have another episode about the Hunger Games movies because those movies mm-hmm. fuck so hard. Um, but they is she fuck the best? Okay, is she the best part of those movies? Mm, okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. She might be. If we're not counting Philip Seymour Hoffman, I was about to say there's like really good actors in those movies. Yeah, those movies are fine. I've seen the first two. I never saw the third. I also have not seen the third of the the fourth. Those movies are excellent, but that's for a different producer, Corey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? Pop star, never stop, never stopping. No, uh, I'm I'm having flashbacks to um to February of uh, of 2021 or 2022, where I just say, uh, make more fucking comedies. Yeah, make more fucking small comedies. Yeah, and oh. market them. The last thing I want to say has nothing to do with this movie, but I love um, it. let's go. As I was editing last week's episode, Aliens featuring mm. Madison Tate. Yes. Uh, at the end of the episode, you said, oh, it's producer Corey's pick next week. He's only done We Are the Millers, right? That's the only movie he's picked. No, so I know. We, no, I, I, I knew there was another one, but. You dovetailed I... it so well into the season that I forgot it was your pick. <laughs> I'm furious that the one, two, so triple feature now, Corey, Corey Reagan's triple feature, start with We Are the Millers, watch Julia, Julia Ducournau's Raw, and then finish it up with pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Current producer Corey pick power rankings, pop star Raw, We Are the Millers. <laughs> <laughs> 
I switch one and two, but uh, I think I also I, switch one and two, but I respect I, it. I maybe like Pop Star a little bit more than I like Raw. Yeah, yeah. Raw's a very hard movie to like. I like it, but it's. I mean, I, I we talked about it at length. I like Tatan more. I think it's you know I think she clarifies a lot of stuff about her style in that movie. Yeah, it's not yeah. there in Raw. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah the the Titan Raw one two punch is one of the is one of the times that I say oh fuck that sophomore album where they really refine stuff oh that's good yeah yeah that's yeah, good. yeah 100%. I I do I do I am frequently a debut album bitch but yes uh, yes that is that is one where the 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 sophomore the sophomore record is uh is uh superior immaculate yeah. it's immaculate uh, all right well uh Corey thank you for this I am now resting control back away from you. Uh, restoring Carolina and I to our former glory. Before you do that, can I tell the uh, people at home where they can find our show if they oh, like? Please, want to hear I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, if you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNS Pod. Very special thank you to our newest patrons. Uh, if you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, we were, where we are currently doing the, let me see if I can pronounce this right, Cigarillogy? Yes, correct. that is correct. Patreon.com slash pod. And now Carson, yes. you, yes. you no need to wrench control back. Uh, actually, because it's Caroline's week next week. So I'm yes. going to delicately hand control over to yeah her. oh that Peaceful was such a transfer of power i was just gonna say that um well now that i have the power i am just gonna do one more plug to go over to our patreon um last week we did cover aliens on the main feed but we are doing the other three films in what we have decided is called the cigarillogy because quadrilogy Corey bleep that out mm. is a dumb word oh god damn um, it uh <laughs> and uh yeah um so we are um yeah we're doing those films over there and it's a really really fun time um and i don't want to get i don't want to get like uh too too far ahead of myself but uh on the alien episode i make an argument for why alien is the best movie ever made and uh i thank you i think so too um i do think the next week I might be saying that about the movie we're doing next it's week. It's a really good movie. You haven't seen it yet. No, oh yeah, that's right. I haven't seen it. We don't, yeah, we record these in order. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we the, will the, be the doing... People at home haven't taken a drink in a minute. They can have their shot. Yeah, we'll sure. Yeah. Out of order. yeah. Uh, because next week we will be covering uh, the 1986 Frank Oz film, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Which, as far as the diegesis of this podcast is concerned, <laughs> Carson has not seen. Yeah. Despite uh, having two whole degrees in theater. Two whole degrees in theater and having uh, uh, worked on a production of Little Shop. Yes. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week when we talk Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs>